It's been a big week. It's been a huge week. Uh, it's amazing. It's like Sunday to Sunday. It just it flew quickly, very quickly. It's been wonderful to be with you and uh, to connect up with you. It's amazing how uh, it'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it, if we we're in the next um, uh, shire or something, but instead we're about uh, 10,000 uh, miles away in Australia. And But uh, God has his ways of connecting nations and relating to nations and uh, uh, being the, having the same spiritual father, Dr. Jonathan David. Uh, that's where we met, connected, uh, built relationship. Uh, it's all about uh, knowing uh, each other after the spirit. Paul, Apostle Paul says, I know no man after the flesh. You know, I don't, you know, it's, it's after the spirit. And uh, so many people spoke out of their spirits today, which is wonderful. Their spirits have been affected and changed and so on. Uh, the church, unfortunately, across the world is losing connection with their spirits and the father of the spirits. It's, it's going back into their mind and that becomes religious and then you're doing a form without power. And that's where God wants to uh, not be in that uh, category. He wants to be uh, with power. You know, and power only can come out of your spirit. Power can't come out of your mind. Uh, it just it, It's impossible. Faith cannot come out of your head. It's just no scripture that quotes it to do it. It all comes out of your heart. And it's beautiful to hear people come, coming back and connecting with their heart. You're going to have to really fight to keep that well alive, though. Uh, that well alive, you know, out, out of your heart, it flows the issues of life. All, no, sorry, all the issues of life. Every little bit about you flows out of your heart. So on. And so the enemy is desperate to shut that down. We've loved being here with uh, Pastor Tony and Carol uh, looking after us and taking us up to Scotland. We've never been to Scotland, uh, so it's great to go up there. That's where my ancestors are from, or half of them from, the Reynolds family. So Joshua Reynolds, who helped uh, translate the Bible from Latin into King James. He was my uh, great-great-great-great-grandfather and so on. So he's you know, painted lots of incredible paintings and so on. So we have a Reynolds line there. Uh, my mum's had the book and it's clearly that's our connection so it was great to be back in uh into scotland i fell asleep as we came back this side and i didn't realize we went over the other side when we went into scotland but anyhow it was good to be in there uh and uh, scottish people the closest i've got to scotland is my son has a coach a scottish coach for his soccer and so and i still can't understand it Caleb, kick the ball that sort of thing i think that was caleb kick the ball sort of thing but <laughs> so uh, and also Phil and Ange have been great just looking after us, giving us some breakfast in the morning and uh, just looking after us and the, the friendship they have with each other. It's a very special friendship. We discussed that as we were away. These two would not have survived without that relationship. A righteous friend. You've got to look for righteous company. You've got to raise our children that have righteous connections and righteous friends. A wicked friend, Psalm 1, can take you out and so on. You want a friend that bounces back and goes after God. And it's so important to find those friends. And uh, also thank you very much, Chris and Kath, for looking after us, uh, you know, for doing some washing and a meal and just uh, running us around too. So it's, it's lovely to be looked after by people. Um, the grace I spoke on last week and the assignment we have, we have an assignment given to us by God. We're set apart in our mother's womb to do a certain mission on earth. And uh, sometimes it takes half of our life to find out what that mission is. Uh, prophets are very good at revealing it and bringing it about. And uh, it's so important to connect with prophets. You're a church that's, again, a very rare church that has a prophetic flow in your church all the time. And it's being realigned. It's going to become very powerful, your church, because of that, as long as we stay 
humble and keep listening to prophets and obeying what they're saying, your life changes quite dramatically. And that's where God's trying to bring the whole church back to prophets again. Uh, but there's a battle in the heavenlies. There's all sorts of things. There's church systems that follow ABC attendance buildings and cash so the guy with the biggest attendance with the biggest buildings with the most money usually is the number one speaker at conferences uh and jesus christ wouldn't have got in 120 in the upper room sort of thing and judas taking his money all the time wouldn't have been a lot there sort of thing and there's really no buildings they just hired buildings so it's uh but the church has shifted a lot and sometimes we get caught up the mega church must have it all because it's got the biggest crowd uh, crowds uh, one week said to Jesus, Hosanna to the king. And a week later they said, crucify him. Yeah. So crowds uh, can be love Manchester City one week and hate them the next week. They swing, don't they, crowds? You know, that's, just, you know, just, that's what they do, crowds. But we don't build with crowds. Jesus Christ built with disciples. Righteous men, tested, tried, true. And so these two have got a discipling, connecting relationship where they've walked together. Would not have survived without it. You've got to note that. So what's very, very strong in them is going to come across this church. I want you to connect and relate strongly. I really see my assignment as part of my assignment is uh, to start off School of Prophets and get them going. That's actually open up wells, get wells going upon the earth and so on. Uh, the scripture comes to me, which really stirred on me as I came here. See, sometimes God won't show me things unless I go. Unless I go to another nation, I won't see certain things. I get lots of revelations as I go out to other nations. God speaks to me in other nations and so on. I said, and he said, well, if you hadn't gone, I wouldn't have told you. If you want to just stay in your own town, stay in a safe place and stay here. So my church laid hands on me. I gave my church over the most powerful church it's ever been in my whole life and I handed it over. Most pastors, hang on to it. <laughs> so thing, God says, give it over. And so if you give it over, he'll give you more revelation. It's crossover all the time. Crossover is not just once in your life. It's just a constant time where you've got to cross over. Go from a baby to a child, a child to a teenager, a teenager to a young adult, a young adult to a mother or father, a father, mother or father to teenagers, ah! and then a, your, a grandparents. Sure. It's crossing over. You never stop crossing over in your whole life. And that if you're in a prophetic church, you'll be pushed across over all your life. You'll have to leave this church and go and find a church that's nice and quiet that never crosses over and you'll die. And so on. You go round and circle in the desert. No, you're going to cross over the Jordan. Jordan means death. Die. Cross over. It's very important in our life. We need to do it. So I see the assignment. God's just showing me the assignment. I planted a uh, school of prophets in Adelaide this year in a city. It's a very tough, religious, tough city and so on and then uh, Manchester here with Pastor Tony at work working together planting it and Launceston that's in Tasmania a very big city there probably the second biggest city and Mambali in Uganda will be planting their school of prophets there this year so I think that's opening up wells upon the earth you know I want you to know I went uh, before I left my movement the system of man I was in it was uh, and so on I were always ministering to it we we're opening up a lot of wells before we left that movement wells would open up we went to the big mecca church the key church in our movement and so on which how uh, was the biggest in australia at one stage and so on and i went to it had and a night meeting it usually has about 40 to 50 people had 300 people in that night meeting it's it's it had never had it before for a decade and never had it since but the night i went there and preached 300 people came which is just in itself you think whoa i said we're going to open up three wells tonight everyone 
and so on. There's the wells of signs and wonders in this place, the wells of sending apostolic in this place, and the wells of training in this place. And I said, please, as I declare these wells open, we're going to shout and open them up. So on. The Holy Ghost ran berserk that night. But the catcher said, I've been catching it for 30 years, and I've never seen power like this. People were being touched, falling down, and so on. We had one young man, it's a Jewish young boy, who was, wasn't even in the church, but his mates were in the church getting touched by the power of God, but were Christians. And they ran outside and they brought him in. And this Jewish boy stood there, and uh, he, uh, I said, you don't believe in this? He said, I can't believe how many Christians are faking it. And the Holy Ghost said, I am going to blast this kid off the face of the earth. I could feel the Holy Ghost saying, and I just knew I had that lovely time to just play with it sort of thing. So you don't believe in this? No. So you don't believe God will touch you then? No. Well, I'm not going to be pushing you down, mate. It just, and so he, said, no, he stood there and so on. And he went down so hard and shaking and so on. Right? So you don't believe in God, mate. And he's there on the ground sort of thing. And he gets up off the ground and, sort of, and his mates are giving him high fives you know, to each other. Wow, look at him getting smashed and so he gets up from the ground and uh, I don't know why he got a biscuit out of his pocket <laughs> he's, he's undoing this biscuit I couldn't resist it so I came from behind and touched him and he fell on his biscuit and it all crumbled and, sort of thing. and he, he said, still said I don't believe it and so then he went home and sat on the toilet and he said was that you God and God threw him off the toilet and he's in the corner of the toilet shaking again and so on and he sent me a thing he's, uh, he said uh, he said what do I do if my Jewish father will kill me if I get baptized I said doesn't say you have to tell your Jewish father it just says go and get baptized he said oh okay <laughs> and so he showed me the videotape of him getting uh, you know he sent it across to me getting baptized and so on shifted his whole life changed his whole life that's just one there's so many miracles that happened in that night I've just totally lost track that church didn't follow it they shut down the wells all those wells that were opening up and gushing. The pastor's wife, their senior pastor's wife, there was couldn't hardly stand. And she's like, this sort of thing. I said, gee, the Holy Ghost is all over you. She couldn't even talk properly and so on. The pastor stood there and so on, and he just couldn't connect it. Shut it all down. He's handing the church over to someone, I think, this year, and you just think, wow, wow. You know, wells open up and so on. Acts 2, you could read Acts 2 and just say, there it is, there, 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 there just going berserk and so I just really feel like that's part of my call in my life and Paul says in Romans 15 20 he says it was my ambition this is what God revealed to me when I was here and it's my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so so I would not be building on someone else's foundation it is my ambition I realized to open up wells where wells are shut down it's my ambition to go around the earth to open up those wells and get those wells going. It's not really a flamboyant thing. It's a, a pioneering hard thing. It's not about crowds. It's not about money. It's not about going to you know, New York so much. It's about going to places that are hungry enough and your pastor has witnessed something in our house and knew that the wells were open there. So can we bring you over here? Let's get these wells open here and working together like that. And that's all you're looking for. You're looking for a man who's walking in the spirit that wants to open up wells. And that's why I'm in Mumbali, going to be there. That's why I'm going to go down in Launceston and so on. And we just look for that. So I look for where the prophetic is not operating on the earth. And as I open up that well, within a year or two, it's going to become apostolic. Prophetic wells just don't open up with blueprints without bringing in builders. 
And that's what it will do. And so that's what I realized when I was here. I realized, oh, that's my mission, God. That's part of my assignment to go and open up wells in places around the earth and get the wells gushing again. And the well will gush into an apostolic call on their life. And that's just what I wanted to share with you. That's what God was speaking to me and challenging me with. This is your call, Peter, and this is part of your assignment. That's why I brought you here to get those wells open, which is wonderful. Praise God. Today, I just want to share on um, Gen- uh, Genesis 26. I think you've shared a little bit about this in the church. As I shared with uh, pastors, I'll be sharing about this today. They said we touched on this a little bit, but I really uh, can't get away from this. God usually gives me the whole word. He says, this is, these are the headings. This is what I want you to speak on and so on. A prophet never actually gets it clearly. You never actually can preach the same sermon. It always changes all the time. So it's very hard uh, to even get it up on PowerPoint to prophetic word because it will shift and change again. And uh, it's, it's quite exciting that way. A teacher's word's nice and easy. He brings it up, just blows the dust off it and preaches it again. A prophet can't. It's got to be life. It's got to be moving that way. So uh, in Genesis 26, um, I'm just going to take you through uh, two aspects today. This church, I'm going to be talking about this church and what it's going through and will end up going through and moving into. And secondly, your life. I want to put your life alongside of these wells because everyone must go through these developments in order to get to a place where it's gushing and your assignment is exploding on the earth. And there's only one block to that or two blocks to it. They work in uh, teamwork together, the devil and your flesh. Is the only two that can block this. Your spirit is invincible, it's limitless, and it can't be blocked and stopped if you keep turning to your spirit. Pastor Tony's, it's all he's learnt to do, the same as me and Phil, we've turned to our spirit. Our spirit just gets us through. When everything in our brain says, give up, this is ridiculous, it's not going to work, God brings us through. Every, to- uh, every story in the Old Testament is basically, forget it, it's not going to work, but I'm going to believe God, and it does. And it's, it's never that oh, I've worked this through, I've worked hard, I've, I've thought it through and I've planned well. A man can plan his heart, but the Lord orders his steps. So, Now, there was a famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abram's time, Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to go. Now, the first encounter we usually have in our life is a prophetic word. God speaks to us in some way, some form. And it's just a seed, but it's going to end up being an actual harvest one day. So he says to him, he he, he makes it clear to him, thank God Isaac was a man that listens to God. And uh, stay in the land for a while, verse 3 says, and I will be with you and I will bless you. So if you obey me, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you. Got to know that in our life. This is something, this is the first stage in our life. Today, today's message is called contending for your destiny. Contending for your destiny. Okay, so and then he promises, he goes on, um, if you, for... To you, your descendants, I will give uh, these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. So he said the same line to his father is now saying to Isaac, the baton has been changed. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him. That is so important. David did the same thing. Obeying and do everything that's required of you. 
keeping my commands and my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Okay, the first test is Egypt, everyone. Don't go to the world. The first test in your life is don't go to Egypt. Don't go there and so on. I had big tests in that whole area of my life. I came out of, I've shared with you uh, before, my father's very famous. I was totally trained in his techniques of training athletes. And it was wide open to me and it's, uh, I could manage gymnasiums, all sorts of things, weight training, professional athletes and so on. But God called me out of that. And he said, don't go down that way. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I want you to go down this path though. God has a path for us right in our early Christian life and he calls us into that. And this is where God has a path for this church. And he calls this church into a path. And many churches have gone back into the world, world systems. And, and it's just like the world. You go there and it's just run by a business council that they're all business people that aren't godly people. And no one hears from God anymore. And you say, what did the prophets say? We said, we haven't had one here for years. And so it's gone back to Egypt. It's doing everything according to what Egypt does. And so on. It's so sad. Relationship. God saves you. That's the first thing that hits you. I'm just going to look at a few little headings as you go through that. Your relationship, your first relationship is with God and he saves you and he brings you out of the world. (laughs) So don't go back to it. Although it's so tempting to, isn't it, when pressure comes on. And the word, you hear the word for the first time in your life. You're saved and you're now hearing the word and it's a prophetic word. And God's saying, this is what you do. The enemy is the world. Come into the world. Go back. It'll be easier. And that's a real challenge. We lose many, many people at this start. We haven't even got to Wells yet, everyone. We haven't even got to the exciting stuff. But this is where you've got to work this through in your life. Ascension gift that hits at this stage is teaching. It's so important to receive teaching on who Christ is and who you are in Christ at this stage. It's so important. And then at this, there is a real crossing point. Another heading I want to talk as I go through five sections today is fear or faith. Because that's going to hit you all the time. Fear took them back to Egypt. All right, I'm going to go back to the world because I'm afraid. I'm going to actually take a step. I'm going to actually believe this God thing. Have you been encountered, Peter? Yes, I've been encountered, changed and so on. I came home and, and carrying, I didn't even have to open my mouth, said, what on earth has happened to you? The mongrel I was had been changed. I started to talk nicely and gently and something. Had told she immediately wanted to get saved. She said, there must be a God. To transition, but when the pressure comes on, you want to go back to Egypt, back to the world. You got to fight it. Fear or faith? In uh, Deuteronomy one twenty six, just look at that scripture here together. Deuteronomy one twenty six. Deuteronomy one twenty six. And that's where, in all this time, there's going to be a choice between fear and faith. Fear will always be there, everyone, in every choice you make. Every choice you make, it's a, it's a reflex that God's put in our life and so on. When a dog's barking, is nasty and violent at you, you will feel fear. Fear to run or fear to attack. Okay, but you've got it. There's action required when fear comes. Fear, go back to the world. Go back to your gymnasiums. Go back to your drugs. Go back to what you used to do, Peter. Or no, uh, uh, I'm going to fight it off. So it's in Deuteronomy, oops, Deuteronomy 1, 26 says this. Sorry, I'm getting it. It says, but uh, you were all unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. 
untrue. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart, they say. The people are stronger and taller and, and, uh, and then, than uh, we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. Bit of an exaggeration. We even saw the Anakites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. That's what's going to hit you first. As they were going to come into the promised land, that's the fear report they had, which put them in a desert for 40 years. And they always in the desert wanted to go where? Back to Egypt. Cross over. Put Egypt behind you. First step today, many of you here have taken that step. I know many of you have crossed over. Many of you have said no to the world. But the world will be at you all the time. It's at you with billions of dollars of advertising. It's at you all the time to draw you back in. So the enemy wants to get you back there. So I know that my destiny cannot be fulfilled. Counting, contending for your destiny. The first thing is no to the world. No to the world. That's the first step. Number two. Let's look at it in Genesis 26 verse 7. This is the bride test, the church test. It's the first test was the Egypt or God. Is it which one do I want to go with? The second test is how important is the bride, the church? Ah, it's just something you attend. No, it's the most powerful instrument on the face of the earth. The kingdom of God uses it powerfully. Let's look at it. Verse 7. And it says, uh, when the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, she's my sister. Bit of a fib there. Because, you know, oh, it's sort of a place I go to. There's good friends there. Come on. What is the church really? <laughs> Come on, you have to speak up about it. Because he was afraid <laughs> to say she was my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca because she's beautiful. You know, what do I say about the church? How do I speak about this church? What, you know, what do I call the dream center? Oh, yeah, I go to a church down the road. It's an AG something. What? Where do you go? <laughs> I go to this place where people get transformed every week and people are getting their lives changed. And we've just had this conference at this gusher, this well is starting to burst open. It's going to affect many lives. If you come along to church with a hungry heart, you'll be touched. Everyone that is hungry gets touched in our church every week. No matter how unsaved you are, where you're from, they'll get touched with the power of God. It is now a culture now part of our church. Once we were believing it, then it's, we experience it. Now it's just part of life. Everyone will get encountered. People walk in the door and start crying and weeping. So it's just it's, it's, it's very exciting. We had an Irish guy come in two years ago and couldn't speak. He's a hurly player from Ireland, a tough guy, and he just wept the whole time. And so he then married a girl in our church that went back to Ireland, and he said, I've got to get back. To that Southern Lights Church. He looked all across Ireland, Catholic churches, everything he tried. He said, there's some similar, but no one has the well open like you. He's come back, settled in our church. He's just done a DNA course. He's uh, the girl that's in our church, he's, he's married to and so on. He's, um, he's going on. He's sold out for it because he's found the well. He's found the life and so on. So he's going for it. He, he now can talk in church. But when he first came in, he was so encountered, he couldn't talk. <laughs> and he never cried apparently and he's just weeping oh son God's just touched <laughs> I loved it come on God come on God and apparently they're pretty tough those hurly players 
So um, the bride, and then it goes on to um, uh, verse 9, Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, uh, she is really your wife. Why did you, say, why did you not say she, she is my sister? Why did you say she's my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. And then Abimelech said, uh, what is, uh, is this to you? Uh, what? Is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have uh, brought guilt upon us all. So Bimelech gave orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. So it's just, we in the church, we have lacked the ability to talk about it as a bride, as a powerful church and so on. We tend to call it something else because we don't want to get embarrassed. We don't want to look like we're churchgoers or whatever it is. We've got to start to talk about she's beautiful, she's radiant, she's going to be the most powerful thing on the face of the earth and everyone's going to say, come and let us go up to the bride. Come and let us go up to this church that's the church test everyone it's the second test everyone in this room it's obviously passed that test this is my church i'm coming to this church if you come to this church consistently if you lay your life down for this bride if you speak about her well and so on it's you're passing out and there's incredible protection that comes over your life amazing protection is going to come over your life because of this church because of the bride we have had people murdered killed it's been terrible people have backslid reacted and left our church we've got a whole list there which we haven't shared with anyone really much at all but my wife are up to about 15 people have been killed or in a terrible way no one has been in our church for 25 years who have remained in it it's a covered protected place we beat every disease in our church we're going to beat every disease we're going to come against it because it's a promise it's a covering it's a powerful place the bride powerful protection place so no one's ever got divorced in her church. Now we're all in the house there, but as they leave and react and turn against us, their marriages break up. It's because there's a covering, there's a protection that comes with it. In um, Psalm 90, could we all just go through this? So the relationship is you become a member of God's house. So you go from God saved me relationship to I'm a member of God's family. It's my family. And then the word is, you receive the word now. It's not just you hear it, but you're receiving it. Because this is my house, this is my family, this is my food. And, you go, and, and, and the enemy is not the world anymore. Uh, the, the enemy uh, wants you to leave your family. That becomes your enemy. The enemy tries to get you out of the house now. Not back to Egypt, because that failed. But now get you out of the house, which will end up back to Egypt anyhow. But you can't get you back to Egypt if you're in a house. You can't. You've got to get out of the house first, then he'll get you back to Egypt very quickly. So the enemy tries to get you offended. 80% of all people that leave churches get offended. It's by offense. It says in the end days, many will be offended by their brother. Many will get offended and react. We'll find some excuse why they can walk. So I've forgiven everyone that's offended me and so on, and I continue to become stronger. I won't let offense get hold of my life. The ascension gift that really operates at this stage is pastoring shepherding care in the house being shepherded pastored finding a place where you you're covered and protected the scripture i have for you because there's a the fear fear or faith scripture i have for you is in um psalm 91 there's lots and lots of scriptures but uh psalm 91 i love it i've been reading this a lot lately and i realize how powerful a place our church is that protects people's lives verse um 91 verse 4 says he will cover you with his feathers 
and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. See, it's not fear because I'm safe here. This is my house. This is my family. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence, nor the sicknesses that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at my uh, uh, at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I have seen so many fall because I've left the house. But I just keep going, I'm staying in the house. Staying in the instrument that God, you know, the, church, uh, the gates of hell cannot prevail against one thing. It's called the church. That's why you stay in it. Reverse it. If you get out of the church, the gates of hell will prevail over you. It's being, being wise, isn't it? A lot of you come past this way. This church has had to establish itself. This is a house. Pastor Tony's had to build it that way. He's gone through the time where he's seen the house under pressure and they're going back to Egypt, going back to the old ways and so on. And he's brought it in. No, he's brought it across into, no, this will be a house of God. And that's been established. And you sit there as a house of God and hearing these guys' testimony, you know they're sitting there and they know, but there's more. <laughs> it's not just a church that we preach the word in or pastor people in, got to go to that next step. Let's read it uh, in Genesis 26, verses 12. This is the third step we go on to. This is the character time, the character, testing your character time. The first is, you are you going to go back to Egypt or not? The second is, are you going to stay in the bride? And the next thing is, I'm going to stay in the bride and my character is going to become like Christ. Everyone will go through this. No one can escape this in this room. Everyone must go through it. I cannot find any scriptures outside of this in, the, in, in my whole life of being a pastor for 26, 27 years now and a Christian for 33, 34 now. It's, it's, this, it always comes back to this ingredient and so on. David had to be tested in caves. Joseph had to be tested. Moses had to be tested. Everyone must be tested. If you really believe God and the church, we're going to find out. God says, I'm just going to put you in Gethsemane, a wine press that just winds down on you and just gets rid of all of you. And so Christ is formed in you. That's what he's after. So in this stage here, verse 12, Isaac planted crops in the land and that same year reaped a hundredfold. You find, hey, I've got anointing. Something's operating in my life. I'm, yeah, I've been saved. I've come out of the world. I'm in this church. But hang on, I've got something going on here. I've got anointing. I can produce. I, I, I can produce fruit. So it's like, whoa, uh, the man became rich in wealth. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Hey, I'm prospering now. And so on. I, I came through that partner church where it all started to prosper for me and go well for me. Because that time of testing, you, you start to grow in uh, the knowledge of God and how to put certain things into action and your philosophy of ministry becomes clear. Verse 13, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Sorry, I read that. 14, he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. And that's where I want people to go, wow, there's something in your life. I go back to reunions and so on. And my old phys ed mates where I was a phys ed uh, trained uh, person, physical education, and, uh, and so on. And they go back and you see that they look at my life and they just can't handle it. You know, Peter, you're pure, you're clean, you're, you're steadfast, you know where you're going, and so on. You still have a wife, you love your kids, and so on. And there's prosperity over your life. Um, so all the wells that his father's servants had dug in that time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Verse 16 
Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You've become too powerful for us. In this time, it's a very frustrating time. You learn to open up wells. You learn to you know, start to get the Holy Ghost going in your life. Uh, the power of God starting to flow out of your life and so on. So let's look at the relationship side. In this time there, the relationship is discipling. This is the time of discipling. Discipline following of God is testing you. I've got to be disciplined as I follow God. In this time, the word becomes powerful. You don't just receive it. The word becomes powerful to you. It's a powerful, it's a two-edged sword in this time. The enemy in this time wants to plug up the well. He can't stop you from going to church. He can't, he can't get you back to the world. Well, plug the well up. Plug the anointing up. Plug the power up. And that's what he wants to do. And this is, the, this is the thing we've got to fight against the most. Proverbs 4.23 speaks about your heart. Out of it flows the uh, issues of life. It's a well. Out of it flows out of your heart. And so on. And so you've got to wound your heart. Shut down your heart. All the rocks that are down there, you won't get rid of. You still want to hate your father. You still want to hate this person here. You still want to be bitter in this area here. And guys, you've got to get rid of those rocks and so on. Or the anointing can't float. And this becomes a very, it's a time where you've got to work all these things through. Um, the ascension gift in this time is evangelism. It's community. It's learning for you to not just reach your church and shepherd and so on, but to gush outside your church and reach others. It starts to go into the world now and so on. And this king was threatened by it because you're so prosperous, you're strong, you're going somewhere and you start to outflow. Does that make sense, everyone? This becomes a very exciting time in your church. Your church is right there, right now. It's coming into this time. It's, it's already started to form in you very strongly. And uh, the next section, it's, this is what's cracked open this weekend or this last week, and it has been cracking up the last few years also. So your church is in stage three and four, but it's wanting to move in st- stage five. Hang on there, we'll get there. Uh, in Matthew eight twenty three to 37, going from fear to faith, they were crossing over and they're in the middle of the boat. You know that scripture? I won't have to read it out to you in Matthew 8. They're in the middle of the boat and, they go, and the storms come. And they go, ah, we're going to die. Sort of thing. It's like we're clogging. Someone's clogging up the wells. We've been told to move on. We're not welcome here and so on. It's like he told us to go to the other side. It looks like we're going to die. And, there's, and, he, and then Jesus comes to them and says, you have little faith. Fear, isn't, fear rises in their life, but they end up coming back to faith and he stills the storms. Is that right, everyone? That's what you're going to learn in your life. You're going to go through character training time. It's all going to be a mess and you cry out to God and it's all cleaned up. And that starts to happen. Oh, he turns up every time. Sometimes instantly, sometimes a week later, sometimes a year later, but he does turn up. And that, if God's an instant God that turns up all the time, you never learn much in your character. He's a sugar daddy God. But when he turns up a year later and you've hung in there, oh, there's character, there's strength, there's reliance and so on. I knew you'd turn up, God. Trust you. I'm often looking for God. How many times will I go through this? And so seven years, your church will go from hand to mouth. What about me, Lord? He said half, three and a half years, hand to mouth. And after three and a half years, I knew prosperity would start again. Certain wells shut down my life. Certain bad decisions and so on. And as your character is trained, you make bad character decisions. But we've got this God that's ransomed, ransomed us, forgives us, cleanses us, washes, sets us free. Who didn't make a mistake in the Bible? Isaac says, no, she's not my wife. She's my sister. 
and so on. God comes through with him and he learns. He never goes back to that again. He never says, well, he, it becomes clear to him. It's his wife and let's move on. All right? These are the decisions we have to make in our life. In verse 18, it gets exciting, everyone, because Isaac reopened the well. So he goes back to, he knows this is a real key in his life. Get wells open. Because if you don't get wells open, you can't live there, you can't survive, you can't be revived. Okay, so Isaac reopens the wells that had been dug. Now, this is, uh, this is uh, going into the, uh, it's, remember, we've gone from Egypt to the bride, the preparation. This is now a revival spirit coming upon the house. You're able to open up things. You're able to revive things that have been dead. That's quite an anointing coming on church. Many churches don't get to this. Many churches don't get to this revival anointing that starts to come onto the house. And he reopened wells and uh, he discovered his own wells, verse 19. Not just opening the wells of your forefathers, but you discover your own wells start to open up. Does that make clear, everyone? That's where I'll share some of the wells that we've opened up and now they've just become gushes and you keep discovering more wells. So you're opening up a key central well of the prophetic, but there's other wells that will attach to this will also open up as a result of, I wonder what the assignment is on this church for Manchester. We know the assignment is a prophetic assignment, but that opens up so many different other wells around you. Becomes very exciting. The thing is, they've learnt to open up their own wells. Not a well that their father dug, but their own wells are opening up. This is, becomes very exciting. Hope you're catching this. But they, they quarrel over it, verse 20. Verse 21, they quarrel over the next one. You know what? Because other men want to come in, they want what you've got. And they're, they're not happy. Systems. We've been attacked by systems, religious systems, and so on. And they quarrel over it. Because when we open up a well as our church, young people come in. People come in. They leave their homes. They, they leave all around Australia and they come into our church. And the system screams, they're my people, sheep stealers, whatever. And so on. What are you doing with them? And we said, we, this is the Holy Ghost drawing them. Oh, you ring them up. I said, we never ring them up. As all we did is preach the word and God encountered them and touched them. And they said, I've drunk of that well and I can't live without it. I've got to come and drink of that well. That's where God's getting you right now where I want this. So if we say, oh, we're not going to do any more prophetic conferences. We're not going to speak any prophetic stuff. We're just going to go back to the old church we were five years ago. A lot of you would die. A lot of you say, I'm going to have to go. I can't live without this now. We've got so many young people coming in saying, I cannot live without this power, with this well, with this water that you have. The lady at the well, he said, I can uh, give you water that you'll thirst no more. Oh, yeah, give me this water then, come on. She was really quite rude to Jesus. And he said, no, you'll never thirst again. He said, oh, well, give me this water. You don't even have anything to get down and get it. He said, I don't need anything. He said, no. And so on. And then uh, he said, go and call, call your husband. He said, no, don't have a husband. No, well, you've had five, but the one you're living with isn't. And she was like, oh, give me this water. That's it. How do you know that? She just touched one prophetic word. She said, this man knows everything. Not true. Well, he does. It's true. But he only gave her one little thing. She was a goner. I'm telling you, what you're opening up now, people will be goners. They will be like, I want this. And they'll come from Birmingham. They'll come from everywhere. They'll come from London. They'll just say, I want this. You've got to understand the power of opening up a well. The enemy shut up wells and shut them down and so on. The wells that we've opened up in our church, 
We've, we've shared some with you. The Prophetic Well School of Prophets now for 15 years or so. Discipling wells we've got. We've got a youth well, force well. Every youth that comes to our camps get powerfully touched. That's a powerful well, everyone. And so now it's going into South Australia, now it's going to Tasmania, and it's going to go up to Sydney, New South Wales. So it's going into other states. You know what? Because you just look for someone. You know what? The mega churches don't want us. You know what? I'll share this with you. I was at another place where we're opening up a well, and he's saying, Peter, this is incredible. He said, I was at the executive of one of the biggest churches in Australia. He said, we wouldn't let you in. I said, why is that? He said, because you'd mess up their budget. Everything's according to the budget. If we had a prophet like you come in, we'd lose a few hundred, but it would change our whole church. But we can't lose a few hundred because we had to sack about three or four pastors. It's all on budget. The budget makes the decisions of the church. I said, you're joking. I thought he was joking. He said, I'm serious, Peter. He said, it all goes on the bottom dollar line. We preach a word that will hold the people, get their types and have the money. And I said, that is serious. He said, he said, I oh, know. He said, they wouldn't let you in because you would uproot things, change things and get the church so powerful to change the nation. But they can't afford to lose a few hundred. Bill Johnson lost half his church when he first came in. He said, this is the way we're going to go. And they left, they left, they left. Not based on budget, based on the word of God. And now it's powerful, powerful. But too many people won't because it will affect our budget. So God's got to find out that. So it's the well or the budget. Many churches are run by businessmen that don't see anything in the Holy Ghost, just see a lot of things in the money. How's the money going, Pastor? I've had to get rid of all those men around me that babble on businessmen. I've got kingdom businessmen now. If you say it's right, Pastor Peter, it's go. There's one of our wells came under attack, discipling well, and went down to three kids. And if you do it this year, Pastor Peter will lose $50,000 to the church. Thank you. That's your job to tell me that. We're still going to do it. So we'll lose fifty. I said, well, we'll see. We'll pray. A prophet came in and said, you'll make 100 So we take that. He put $100 down. We took it, believed it, and so on. We made 50000 Because you lose 50 and you make 50 that's 100 We made 50 that year. And discipling exploded. It's a test on my heart. Do you want to give up that well, Peter? Or keep it, you know? I said, Lord, what do we do? I said, money irrelevant. Just do what I've told you to do. God, God doesn't speak much about certain things. You can't go, you know, give me a fleece. He said, Peter, I've already spoken. He said, don't, don't ask me to speak all over again on it. So these wells have opened up. Shepherding well is well established in our church. We've got, you know, a wealth well is now brewing. We're doing a, a wealth conference. It's going to be a gusher, everyone. Wealth is going to hit our church. It's hitting our church now. 30 houses we bought last year. So I was just growing and so on, this whole wealth thing in our church. Because it's there in my spiritual dad. It's there and I'm taking it. I said, be it unto me. You know, could I go and do one too? He said, do it. And so on. That's where there's a woman's well. Women of destiny and women, you know, beautiful colors and coming alive and, and having a purpose and a direction in their life. There's a man's well in our church. Men just go from boys to men all the time in our church. Man who courtship and winning women's hearts is that they're wells. You get it? You open them up and they start to gush. When they gush, encounters come. The Holy Ghost is all over it and says, This well I like. <laughs> and sort of thing. Anyone comes near it just gets drunk on it. <laughs> the well. We've got one ascending well. We had that. I said, We're going to send a team every week, one, every weekend there'll be team sent out. I can remember, you know, 80%, 90% of church going, Oh, yeah, sure. We do it all the time now. That well's up and going. If we didn't send, we'd die. 
You don't, can't clog it up. You just keep going out and so on. I'm here, sent out. I'm not restricted in any way. I can come here because now I'm totally sent out. That's a well in our church. Here's one that's forming, signs and wonders well. We're hitting that. We're digging it around and ooh, getting gushes out of it. It's, we're going deeper in there. Signs and wonders are coming more and more. Miracles are coming up more and more. We're redigging that well. It's there in the earth. Just got to redig it. So you're bringing people to know how to dig that well. That's why I'm here with you, partnering with you, redigging a well. This is powerful, everyone. This changes the face of the earth. This just changes people. When you have a well open, everyone comes and drinks. People can build their whole lives around it and get refreshed on it and it gets transformed on it. So these are just wells that begin to open up. In Acts 3.19, it says, repent and be refreshed. How many people said that out the front today? I feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. Ah, they're drinking from a well. People that are refreshed drink from wells. I'm tired, I'm depressed. uh, Get near a well. Some people will have gushes and be touched by a well and go back and die in their other churches. I'm not asking you to leave your church or whatever. I'm asking you to come to life. Come to life. I'm the way, the truth and the life. Come to life, which is so important. Let's get back to what we're preaching today. Uh, and so we're in that uh, fourth part, aren't we, where we're talking about the wells opening up. We're talking about uh, the whole prophetic breaking out in your church. So uh, the re- relationship now becomes leadership because people get refreshed and they come into leadership. They want to lead. They want to do things in the church. The word aspect becomes revelation. Revival wells. The revival wells. Not only redigging wells, you actually have fine wells yourself. Wow. Something's really happening. You've learnt the art of finding wells. You, you know, you, you can brag about all the wells up in Scotland, up in the top in the north there, and that's great. That's going to be wealth to you. That's going to be power to your nation because wells are opening up, oil wells. And the same thing in the church. It's wells of the Spirit opening up will bring prosperity, will bring life, will bring truth, bring healing, and so on. Uh, the enemy, he contends for those wells. He argues. He quarrels over them. He contends over them. He'll set assignments against you and so on. I've told you, I've had letters written against me. I've been banned from nations and so on. This is part of the cost of opening up wells. It becomes really dirty, the game. The religious game becomes really dirty and nasty. I can't believe how bad it is, but I'm through that now. When I was in it, I was thinking, oh, what do I do? Do you take him to court? Do you write letters back? Do you do this? And God says, nothing. Get on with your assignment. Just get on with your assignment. What did uh, Isaac do? Nothing. Just okay, they took over a well. He just moved on, opened up another one, and so on. That's, that's what he kept, kept doing. So if they don't want us, move on. That's all we do, and so on. We don't fight them. Don't get caught in the quarrels. Don't get caught in the fighting and the quarrelling. Everyone, I had to learn that. At this stage, keep out of fights and quarrels. Don't take on certain religious people. God said, so "You take on that man. That man plans all day how to kill you, Peter." He'll kill you with his tongue. He's very, he'll he use all sorts of things and so on. I've warned people, careful of those people. Watch out for those. Oh, surely they're Christians. Peter, they should be all right. And they ring back crying. I can't believe he's written letters against me. I said, well, I should have listened to you, Peter. I said, well, I just wanted to warn you on that. And so on. I've had to get used to it because my, my thinking, I'm a really nice person. I think everyone's nice. I think everyone must be nice. But I realize that there's ones that have... Saul started off really well. King Saul had anointing everyone. He had anointing. He had power going in his life. He was anointed by Samuel and he went bad. 
You just got to understand, sometimes when a person goes bad, they go back to Egypt, they stop digging wells and so on, and they're in high positions. Dangerous. We're just going to have to get used to that. And Abimelech in high positions and are able to push him on and so on. So what is the ascension gift at this stage? The prophetic gift. Remember the prophetic seed started in the first stage, but now in the fourth stage, it's full-blown. The prophetic starts to explode prophesying over people's lives and changing lives and, and the prophetic flowing in their lives the fear at this stage is um, uh, we fear God so we fear God so we obey God this is the stage we just I went through this stage and so it's like God I'm not going to do anything else I've learnt if I don't fear you I suffer I fear you I'm in awe of you I do what you want dad this is my life James 2 2.21 at this stage, this is it's, it, fear will hit you and it's faith. Every stage you go through, fear knocks at the door. It's trying to bring you back to the old, scare you off, come back and so on. I've never had people, and people say, people write letters against you. They say terrible things about you all the time, Peter. I say, yeah, I know. It's, uh, uh, just, and then I read the Gospels and boy, they hammered my Lord Jesus too. <laughs> They called him everything under the sun, <laughs> son of the devil and <laughs> you know, all sorts of things. And what did he do? Nothing. Just went on to his next town assignment. <laughs> not hard, not complicated. You start fighting, it's not your battle, and you're in a battle which you wish you'd never got involved in. James 2, 21. This church is right at this stage now. It's busting in this stage right now. 2.21 says, um, Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. So this is where now you really, your faith, your actions are all working together. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does, not by faith alone. You know, it's by what you do with your faith, what you do with your faith. At this stage, it's not just a prophetic, you're hearing, you actually are putting it into action. This all starts to lead you to the apostolic. This is the final stage. The final stage for this church. You cannot open up the school of prophets wells in Manchester and not go apostolic. It just will push you that way. This is the final well. Let's read it. In verse 22, Genesis. Verse 22. This is the exciting stage. He moved on from there and he dug another well. He doesn't need to redig wells, this guy. He can just open up wells. Even, even if there's not a well in Manchester of the prophetic, we can, we can do it. But you guys have got all the structure and it's all ready and you've prayed and you've fasted and you, so on. So to come here, it's a lot easier, a lot easier. Some churches I've been, it's been exciting. They've been waiting for me and waiting and praying and so on. There's about 120 in the upper room. I said, we're going to have the uh, Acts 2 today here. That's a well in our church. We can have Acts 2 wells crack open. So he said in this church, and it exploded in this church. Over three days, it went berserk and so on. And then they wrote a letter against me. Because I left their movement and they said, keep away from him. And I said, they don't realize it. They thought they had to write this letter because it's politically correct. But we still want to be friends with you. <laughs> they just don't get it. 
they wrote against the prophet that brought Acts 2 to their church and exploded. It's dying rapidly. In fact, it's almost dead. They did a conference uh, after they wrote that letter and they called it Zion. Where, cause, and, we said, and they stood there in the conference as Peter Nichols has opened this well. The person they wrote a letter against. They don't understand. You can't receive a prophet and kill him. So when they cut John the Baptist's head off, Herod, right? What did Jesus say to Herod? Nothing. He stood before Herod. Give us a sign. Give us a power. Give us, what did he say to Pilate? I am God. You're right. He said, I know. My wife just had a dream. What did he say to Herod? Give us a sign. Give us some power. Show us. Nothing. It says that it was fulfilled as a lamb I went to the slaughter. When you cut a prophet's head off, you don't get any more prophetic words. Herod got none. Gets none. This gets none in his life. You got to, people got to understand, if they've killed a prophet 10 years ago, the prophetic well will not operate. You got to come back and say, God, sorry. God, we called the Toronto, a Toronto blessing, a blessing of, of the devil. So you've got to go back and say, forgive us, God, because you won't get another well of Acts 2 open unless you repent for the last. Does that make sense? You can't attack what the Holy Ghost has done and then say, now we want it. The Holy Ghost said, excuse me, it's like you've uh, raised your, your kids and then they slap you across the face and walk out of your house when they're 18. And then at 19, they just want to come back and have a meal. And you go, excuse me, can you say Sorry. Can you say sorry and so on? Because the Holy Ghost gets slapped across the face. That's of the devil. And then they come back, oh, no, we feel it's of God now. Uh, can you say, Holy Ghost, please forgive me? He's a person. He's the person that we're left with here. So it's very important. And it goes on. It says uh, he moved from there and dug another well and there was no one quarreled over it. I'm telling you, church, there'll be no quarrels in this church anymore or over this church or against you. All the quarrels stop. We don't get any quarrels anymore. They're only little distant little voices. They don't affect us at all. They used to be in our face. The quarrels stop. Uh, he named it Reboeth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and will flourish in the land. That's apostolic. That's apostolic. That's apostolic. We just don't have wells. We can go anywhere. We can crack open the wells. Manchester, Mumbali. Adelaide, we take these steps. Wherever your foot shall tread, God will give it to us. We just have to have men, spiritual men, like Pastor Tony that says, I believe there's something in this. And Phil and Tony came and checked us out and so on. And, and then it starts to open up. Does that make sense? And he just, he, we saw each other after the Spirit. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't a man of the Spirit. I'd be wasting my time. I'll be preaching wine into wineskins that are bursting opening and losing it. You don't. You contain it. You hold it in this house. And it continues to grow. And uh, then it goes on in um, verse 24. Did I read that out? That uh, that night the Lord appeared to him. There he comes back again. I am the God. And he says, it's really going to happen now. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase your number. Your church is going to grow. I'm telling you, get this, get this wall out of here. I'm telling you, the school of prophets, people are going to have more and more numbers will come. You're full now. It's very hard to fill a section like this at time, but it's, it's time to start looking at, well, let's get rid of this wall. Let's, keep, let's go out. Let's take, it's got room to spread out as a church, room for people to come in. If you believe there's a well open in this place, people are going to come to it. People are going to come and get refreshed. 
no matter how bad they are, no matter how, what's going on in their life. We've had a guy that's eight years on drugs, used to work for a drug lord, used to work for the triads in uh, Sydney and so on, came in, delivered in one night. Never touched drugs again in his life. He's a real son alongside of me and so on, an Indian young man on fire for God. Gonna, he's courting a young girl right now at present. Just had these people, you know, just powerful people. A girl that OD'd, nearly OD'd six months before she came to our discipling. She's one of the most dynamic, powerful girls I've ever had. A Samoan that used to go out and smash people up violently, he thought he'd killed them. He's now saved, transforming our church, a powerful evangelist. These people, because you know, they come to the well and they take a drink and they go, I'm following this the rest of my life. This young man, his whole family left and went back to New Zealand and so on because the father was losing control of his family because they were all getting to drink this well and go on for Jesus Christ. I said, what do you want to do? He said, you have the words of life. Can't go. And that's what will happen. You don't have to try and make people do anything. The well's there. The well draws them to life. They just want to become a leader. They want to get discipled. They, they want to obey the Holy Ghost. They want to obey the pastor. That's what starts to happen to a church. And the people that don't drink of the well and so on become resistors to it. And so on. And they just resist everything and so on. They'll go and find a church that doesn't have a well. That's okay if that's what they want to do in their life. There's a desert and what, what will happen to you? Go round in circles the rest of your life and your shoes don't wear out and uh, you still get manna from heaven, you know, uh, milk from somewhere and that's your life and you never cross over. But if you're in a prophetic church, you know, we're crossing over. What's the next thing we're going to cross over? Because the well's always cracking open. That night the Lord appeared to him. Yes, I said that. Verse 25, Isaac built an altar there and he called it. The name. He knew this is it. We are building something here. He pitched his tent there. This is a, And his servant dug a well. He doesn't do it now. His sons are doing it. They can go anywhere and dig wells. His sons, his servants say, oh, we'll just dig one. I'm telling you, it's not easy to dig wells in deserts. These guys are cracking open the desert. It's awesome, isn't it? And then what happens? This is exciting, everyone. Your enemy comes along. Abimelech, verse 28, we'll go down to there. They answered, we saw clearly that God is with you, Pastor Tony. Birmingham, London, you know, Newcastle. We see God's with you. Clearly, we want to join you. We don't want to contend with you. don't want to quarrel with you and so on. People start to come in. They don't, it's a sign they will not grumble or quarrel. They want to just join you. That's apostolic. They start the network with you. We want what you've got. We want your well. Will you come over here and do a well here? And Pastor Paul, Elder Paul is going to be sent out with a youth team and the well will crack open. And the youth, 12-year-old youth will go, wow, power comes. Because the well... It's the well in you. It's God opened up the wells of the great deep that's inside you and he opens up the heavens. And the two had gushes and we had Noah, a righteous man, rise. So it's um, the relationship is covenant, the Bathsheba. Can you see that there? It's Bathsheba in verse, 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 verse 33. Okay. Bathsheba, we had one of our greatest victories in our army. It's the charge of the light horse brigade, the Australian victory. And so on. all our horses were going to drop dead the next day. And we were going to take Bathsheba, the wells, and so on. And the Turks had machine guns galore and so on. And the, uh, the English uh, would say, uh, would get us to ride down, get off our horses, <laughs> shoot, hop on our horses and ride back. 
And uh, the major, who was a born-again Christian, went to the general of the British Army and he said, give us a crack. Our horse is going to die the next day because they don't have any water. We want to keep going. And so the Turks simply going to ride in and get off their horses and shoot. So from a distance, you can't even get near them. And uh, the general was in trouble. And the major got his guys together and prayed. In the film, it uh, shows Aussies as we're all drunks and who cares and all that. But it's not true. These were men, righteous men, give us a go. And the general was stuck and he said, do it. So they rode in. And the Turks panicked because they knew that if these, if these Aussies get to our trenches, they'll kill us. They're deadly soldiers. And we're known for that right throughout the war and so on. It's the Kaiser's troops started to retreat in the Second World War when the Aussies came and joined you guys. They started to push them back. But that's where it's, uh, the, uh, they adjusted the guns and they had sprinted so powerfully because the horses got the smell of the wells. They knew the wells are there and so on and so on. And then they readjust their guns. So they're shooting over their heads and so on. And they're panicking too because they're going so fast. And it was, I think, these are machine gun fires. You'll kill everyone. There was 38 killed out of 600. It was one of the greatest victories ever. And all the wells were saved. They're ready to be blown up, blocked up again because you can't live there. And so they even got so quickly there, they stopped them from being blown up. And who was in that... uh, charge was Australia, Singapore and New Zealand. Three countries that avoided a lot of economic crises. They just keep coming through it. I believe there's great blessing on covenant relationship. From that point onwards we went back in to take Israel. And so, so it's, it's these, Bathsheba is a place of covenant. The church comes into covenant from that time. The word of God it, it builds. The word of God is not just prophetic and speaking it out, decreeing it. It's moved to its final stage. It builds on the earth. The enemy gets out of your way. Abimelech says, look, we'll give you room. We'll keep away. We'll just make... The enemy is not a bother. You are a bother to him. You are a big pain in his backside. Oh, sorry, his head. Your heel keeps hitting his head. The apostolic, the ascension gift at this stage is the apostolic gift. The fear or faith stage, it's Joshua 5.1. It's where the enemy fears us. If you read Joshua 5.1, the enemy's petrified. They're coming. They're coming. We're going to go. And they just shout it. <laughs> Walls go down. <laughs> the enemy worries about us. That's what it comes to. In the prophetic stage, you contend and it's quarreling and so on. But then in the apostolic stage, you just, wherever you march, you, you take it. That's right. It becomes very exciting. This is where you're going as a church. This is where you can go as a person. Can you put your individual life there? Track it through. And even as a church, you track it through. Fear not. You don't fear anymore. Come with you. Fear not. Fear just doesn't, you just, it's just, no, this will work. And that's why I said to Pastor, I know it will work. Let's do a school of prophecy. I know it will work. It will work because we've got the grace for it. We're linked with it. We're in covenant. We're Bathsheba together and we're standing together in it. Same word, same father, same heart, same mind. So how do you get in between that? Fear still hits so It won't make it. It won't work and so on. Has it ever been done in Manchester? No, this is the first school of prophets probably ever. And then the next year we do it again and again and so on. And then the enemy gets pushed back. And anyone who comes into the School of Prophets will get refreshed, will get built up, and Birmingham will want to come back more. And uh, uh, Newcastle was saying, we're, they said, we're going to bring back 10. I'm going to bring back all my leaders next time. 
And that's what will start to go out. That's why you have to knock out that wall. That's where you're going to have to go out. Because it all starts to move and starts to take place. And it starts to go into your youth. Shepherding, shepherds are going to be raised in this house. I just want to speak and decree what's going to happen. Shepherds are going to be raised in this house. Leaders, shepherds are going to be raised everywhere. If you don't, you can't go far because it's all got to come to Tony and Phil and so on. And Pat, we'll go over to Pat and it gets clogged. Shepherds must be raised. In a house where the well's open, more shepherds, more sheep, more herds, more prosperity. Okay? Disciples, everyone's got to be trained for war because we've got to go and send. We've got to get you out there. Paul, take the youth here. Paul, take a... He said, I can't go. I'm going to have to send uh, Daniel over there. Daniel can't drive a car. Well, we'll have to drive the calf out of license. No, don't do that. That's a wild youth group. That's a Jehu youth group. He, he rode his chariot like a madman. Okay. Three, community wells. Youth opens up. I believe your community well, your youth is going to be a main well. It's going to stir. I believe it's kids clubs and schools and young adults and so on. It's getting into those, bringing those ones alive and so on. Of course, families come in our church because the kids are saved. The kids are transformed. What on earth are you doing? We have, you know, we have a, a kids club. Can have a kids club here and all the kids out of those flats come into a kids club here and you've got a well going. Oh boy. <laughs> Not a good program with pasting and so on. That's nothing wrong with that. You should do that. And good colouring pens, no problems, and so on. We run a school of prophets, kids' school of prophets, alongside of our Melbourne one. And the kids are more into God than we are. Our first day, we're getting there. Their first day, they're there. They're already seeing angels. They're already drawing angels. They're already drawing. They're, they're into it. They're down. We, we go prophetically after kids. We have children's one. We have a teenage one. And then the adults one. Our school prophets, we run the three together. Pastor Tony saw that. We're up the road. We went up the road and we asked for this guy. We go into the school and we ask for 20 of the worst kids in the school. You know why they're the worst kids? You know why they are? No one talks to them. No one relates to them. If you've got a well in you, you go, no, John, I really believe you've got a future and a direction. You know, I believe you can do great things for God. That kid says, my mother's boyfriend just calls me an idiot. My mother doesn't even give me breakfast. I just get pushed out in the morning and so on. And this person, we spend one hour a week with the most damaged kids in the school. And the principal said, this is the best thing that's ever happened to the school. He said, all those kids long to come. Sometimes, unfortunately, the parents do flits and so on. We never see the kids again. So on, but we put a deposit there. Two kids have run into our church because of the problems they've had. They've just looked to see if our church is open and run into it. And so on. We just, just, why? Because there's a well. Not just a nice voice. We don't want nice Christians only in our church. I'm sick of people saying, gee, they're nice Christians. I want them. They're powerful Christians. There's something, it just, they pray for you and something happens. And so we reach kids. So this school asked my son to dedicate their new buildings. I never heard it happen in Australia. Can you all stand? We're just going to pray for Jesus now to dedicate these buildings. Hundreds of people. And all the kids, Caleb Adam won there because he's got a well. Caleb and young people, there's a well. You bring him here, there'll be a well, there'll be a gusher. Paul's already building something and you're all getting into the ground and you're starting to touch something, but she'll gush. And it just breaks open. So they dedicate the school. Uh, Principal, how much do we owe for, to use your school for a week? He said, nothing. Don't give us a cent. 
Three teachers complained. We said, oh, we're in trouble now because their paper was on the left side, now it's on the right side. And the principal said, don't be stupid. Come on. No contention. No quarrels anymore. No one wants to contend with us. Just give you room. Just do what you want to do. This is the land we want. Council, what do you think? Have it. It'd be great. What do you think to this uh, uh, politician? Great, we'll help you. Whenever we knock on doors, everyone says, have room. Do what you want. There's no more contention. Those videos will go somewhere. There won't be contention. Although you might be in a quarrel in contention stage still. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just about that. You go, you get slapped across the face and think, all I did is open a well and change people's lives. <laughs> But religious people hate it. Religion hates power. It hates people being drawn to power. It, it just, that's why it quarrels with you and uh, has a go at you and so on. And the school of prophets, it's, that's going to open. That's a prophetic gate. It's open. The springs are coming out. The churches will get refreshed around you. Anyone who comes to the school of prophets will get refreshed. Those Filipinos, I wonder what type of morning they're having this morning. And so I'm telling you, it's just, it just breaks open. For you, you're getting used to this well open. You can hold it. For them, it'll be like, what's happening this morning? Number five is the apostolic networking will take. Resources, materials are already started. Pastor Tony came and touched our well on resources and materials and he's writing stuff and so on. He said, I'm I'm getting it from you, mate. I'm getting it from you. That's great because he's touched that resource material stuff we've got. And he's had it in his life. He's got it better than me there. It's just, it's great to see it outflow in his life. And there's a kingdom advance. You know, the, the building gets built and we start to advance and you know, things start to change. and It's just exciting. God gives us money for everything we want to do in advance now. It's just wonderful. The accountant that does our books says, wow, it's incredible what's happening to your church financially. It's just great because the wells are open. The herds come in. Everything prospers. And that, boy, it's just been, we took a long time to get there. It be, and he did, Isaac too. He gets contentious, you get attacked, you get all sorts of things you want to give up. And that's why it's so important to link. Mumbali, Pastor John, I'm going to get in there, and Pastor JJ, who on the way, he's been kicked out of, in the north of Uganda, he's been kicked out by his movement and so on. He said, well, we've declared it a Southern Lights church up here. And so on, because he said, I've tasted and I can't leave it. That's exciting. This all stands at church. Just sing a song. Hey, we just gather together in those wells. Praise God. It's exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting. It's just, just won't stop opening up. I know these guys aren't going to clog it up. That's for sure. Yeah. I'll grab that water. We won't sing the old, there's a well in me that's over. Do you ever used to sing that? We Look, I'll confess this to you. I've got it straightened out. But uh, our first church we went in, we pinched the chorus book, Karen and I. Because I was still in that mentality, they won't give us one. And we used to open up our glove box and used to sing, I'm a new creation. <laughs> we used to sing these songs. Because there's a well flowing in us of salvation. And we're just alive and vibrant and so important. These wells are going to crack open all around the world. And prophets just crack open wells. It's just it's part of their lives. Just open it up, honey. Praise God. Praise God. It's been exciting to be with you throughout the week and so on. And we just pray that Birmingham is uh, stirred and uh, Newcastle up there with Pastor Paul. 
Pastor Paul was saying to Pastor here, saying, oh, back into it. I've missed this. and yeah, I'm back into this banquet and this food. It's bringing me alive again and so on. And that's what it's like. You don't have to advertise much. Just people come and lives get changed. The danger for you guys is you get familiar with it. You're so used to the well. And you just get used to it. And that's the biggest weak spot is familiarity and so on. A lot of our church don't...